Welcome to Podcast Maximus. Uh, I am Tom McNally. With me is Marion and with me is Stuart. Hello. Hi. We have been recently in the recent past to TF Nation 2017 and we had quite a nice time. We did indeed. We'd like to tell you whether you went to TF Nation 2017 or whether you had to sit on the sidelines, what it was like in some detail. Excruciating detail. Uh, too, too much detail. You're going to get the, the highs and the lows, the peaks and the troughs, all the rumours, all of the just just filthy under the fingernail, just flecks of blood. and It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, is, is this what you were up to on a Friday before you got there, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell, but history will judge me. Oh, it's already judged you, Tom. It's already judged you. All right, so let's try to make the rest of this podcast live up to the intro then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tom wasn't there on a Friday. He was off on a secret mission. Uh, So uh, it was me and Marion who were there on the the first day. And I think I was the first one who got there, wasn't I? I was there ridiculously early because they they pushed back when the actual convention starts earlier and earlier. It's a Friday. uh, So I think they had something on at midday. So I aimed to be there for sort of half 11-ish, uh, which I was really glad to have done when it then took six hours or something like that after that for me to get into my room. So I was just basically sat at the bar with loads of luggage and able to move for uh, up until about half five. So that was a slight, uh, slightly eccentric uh, start to ITF Nation. Uh, what was it like for you when you got there, Marion? So, um, for the second year, I was driven down. So, I came down with Darren and my brother. Uh, we left this year around 11 o'clock, which was earlier than we had done last year. And uh, we were there in about three hours, which was much improved to last year's five hours, which is uh, really quite bad. So, we got there still alive and kicking and fresh, relatively. I think we were just uh, in just after two o'clock or something like that. And um, I think we found you, Stuart. Oh, yeah, I remember now you were at the bar and you were trying to stay awake. Yes, because I had been suffering from insomnia, so I'd only had about two hours sleep that night. So I got there, but I would just sit at the bar very quietly. And then everybody comes up and says hello, which is nice. And it was great to have a chat with Christmas Feely. I I learned some things about the animated comic from him. And uh, uh, Andy... uh, whose last name I'm not even going to try and say, but Bearded Andy. Uh, but him and Chris McFeely were coming over and chatting and other people who they knew. Were ca- and I was just like, Ugh. it took me up until about four o'clock, I think, to properly uh, add a few cups of tea before I was in any state for human conversation. Which gives me an excuse for the start of the convention, less of one for the following two days. Um. So... This year, TF Nation was in the big room, which is the room that Auto Assembly had been at at their final year, uh, which uh, is at the... Well, I don't know how helpful this is going to be to people who've never been to the Hilton. It's at the very end of the corridors, people. <laughs> now you know. Um, so, yeah, registration. We picked up our wristbands and then we sat at the bar, didn't we? And then we found more people. 
and eventually panels started happening but I think we were all, we were we were quite cozy there at the bar and we didn't really want to move for a while yeah, and uh, in the end they couldn't get all the people into the panel room they had to uh t- turn folk away so we this was uh, a bit of a theme wasn't it uh the hotel not being completely prepared for the huge influx of uh, of tf nation is yeah but it was a pleasant surprise for them i'm sure i mean not not the hotel not the rooms which um, were delayed and you know that was a bit unfortunate but at the end of the day you know it wasn't the end of the world uh, but the fact that the panel room proved to be too small for the convention was actually i hope a pleasant surprise uh, and the hotel did sort it out very quickly the next day so they um gave CF Nation uh, a bigger panel room, uh, which was lovely, uh, next to the pool. And TF Nation themselves uh, and uh, the people who were running the panels uh, just did them again the next day, which was very nice of them. Uh, so in the end, everything worked out. Um, so that tiny, tiny panel room, which is next to the, to the main hall, uh, I remember that from the last year of Auto Assembly, because this is where Simon Furman was having his Dreamwave panel as I recall, oh, yeah, yeah. and that was packed as well. And there were people who couldn't get into that room either. And even back then you were thinking, come on, surely, you know, they must have known that they were going to have more people wanting to come into that. Um, so yeah, I hope it was a pleasant surprise to them anyway, that so many people wanted to uh, attend those panels. And I think actually it's Friday is a good idea to have those kind of panels in because they are not the main guests and not the main event. They are mostly fun run panels. So if you want to be there early for them, you can do. Uh, which panels were, were, were they? It was uh, the Brave panel about the, the 90s Japanese toy line. And it was a uh, few as well, wasn't it? His, his was the other one. Yes. He's the YouTube man. He is, yeah. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that not everyone will want to go to, but people may well do. But if you don't want to be there early on the Friday, you don't really have to and you won't have missed much you know put it that way but if you're there and quite a lot of people from what i especially this year quite a lot of people seem to be there from the thursday or the wednesday even so if you know if you're already there it's a, it's a good thing to have something to go to anyway so you're not just you know hanging around at the bar all day did you sleep well on friday uh, I did in the end. Thank you, Tom. I had a, I had a good night's sleep all three nights. Uh, once I sorted out the air conditioning, it was a bit of a Sophie's choice uh, because it's always very loud in the Hilton. Uh, quite noisy, but it's also quite warm. So do you have the air conditioning on making a noise or do you just sit there hot? That's that's the, the debate, the issue. Uh, in the end, I had it on. And, uh... and the Nazis won either way. It was, it was a very nice room there. I think... Uh, it is the usual Hilton room where they have that odd transparent shower. So if anybody, if a housekeeper walks in or something like that when they're in the, you're in the shower, they will have a very good frosted idea of what your naked body looks like. Which is, I've always found that a bit strange. Did you have any good sexy times in the hotel? That's a very personal question there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you probably know. Did, did, did this, this, this is a very specific I was saying that's a bad what? thing, not something to invite. I wasn't in the shower for eight hours solid, just waiting for someone to walk in. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know what the Brave panel was like, and I don't know what happened in that shower. Oh, dear. It's my reputation slandered again. Oh, God. Going back a bit, so before we got to the, to the bit where Stu managed to get to his shower, actually, no, it was after, because we, we went to the rooms, didn't we? 
um, and then we, we all came back out because uh, you've got uh, the quiz on the Thursday, not the Thursday, on the Friday. Um, and then there was there were things, things were happening in the main hall, um, but we were all so hungry that we actually just left and went to get some food to eat. And then... We uh, went to Nando's, which we... I knocked up before. Yeah, indeed. But if you want some exclusive information, I'll tell you who eats at Nando's, James Roberts and Nick Roach. Because on Saturday, we saw <laughs> me and Tom saw them coming out of there when we were in a gourmet burger kitchen. Now, we don't know that they ate there. They may have just gone in there to plant some bombs. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought they maybe more sophisticated by that. I'm a little disappointed in them, to be honest. <laughs> more sophisticated than Nando's? What could you mean? <sighs> the, ch- the chips are just terrible. They don't, I think they only expect you to want half a chicken to bury your face in. They're not that bothered about the other food they serve. Mm. I'm just quaking with rage. Uh, you felt robbed at the quiz, didn't you, Mario? Because you were very firm that you had the right answer to an animated question that your uh, brother insisted was a different answer. And you turned out to be correct. Would you like to get that off your chest and hear this opportunity? Not particularly, given that, you know, that was the only thing I did know at the quiz. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm happy that other people seem to know more than me for the majority of it. Um, but... Come on, everybody knows Pipes wasn't in animated, damn it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> were, were you crushed when you got that question? Oh, uh, that no, no. This will never stop, will it? And it'll always be too soon. This is a Pipes joke. Uh, it's, uh, when I spoke to Hal uh, Rail on the Saturday, uh, I got to sign my book and he was like, uh, I said to him, pointed at a big photo of Pipes out on his table. I said, I bet you never knew Pipes was so popular, did you? And he just went, no. <laughs> he wasn't for long. I was a Dinobot! A Dinobot! <laughs> oh, I, I was disappointed that they hadn't recorded a message for James from Pipes. I'm trying to think what else. I think that was about it. Oh, uh, uh, we briefly hung around with some of the celebrities at the bar. The celebrities, yeah. It was it was a complete reversal to last year, in fact, because last year on the Friday we drank all the alcohol, all of it. We didn't leave any. And then on the Saturday, many people were not very well. So this year we were all in bed on the Friday by like ten o'clock or something. Not say bed, Tom. It wasn't like fifty people all in a bed. <laughs> How very quick of you to deny that, dear? Yes. So- Saturday morning? Saturday morning. I should say, I, I spoke to so many people throughout TF Nation that I will not name them because A, I'm mortified that I will get someone's name wrong and B, because I don't want to leave anyone out. But I did speak to more people than I have ever said hello to this year. And this seems to be the case every single year from Otto Simply onwards, you know, as you get to know more people, then you meet more people online and then you finally get to see them in person, you know, the following summer and things like that. So it, it's good. It's all, it's all good. It's right. It's fantastic. In fact, so Saturday breakfast opening ceremony. So usually it is the case that on the Saturday, there is one thing that I'm really after and it's usually someone's cue that I have to be at first thing when the doors open in the main hall and just, you know, cross fingers. This year, there were a few things and I had to make decisions. So I really wanted the animated trade paperback, which is, this is the fan book that um, TF Nation was selling exclusively 
uh, at the convention, which sold out like crazy, like you'd never seen. It's just like 200 copies, I think, they were going to give out and they just went. Um, so I didn't even have time to consider queuing for that one. <laughs> I was just gone. So I went straight for Alex Milne's table because when I first got in, he only had like three people in front of him or something because yet again, he had a sketchbook, new sketchbook. And because he likes to draw in the sketchbook something different for everybody, this takes a while until he actually, you know, gets through everybody who's queuing up. But I did manage to get one. So that was brilliant. And then... Uh, that was what sketch did you get? Uh, I got a ton. Um, Last year, I had a, a thesaurus, and the year before, I had Voss. So I'm collecting the bad guys. So he has to keep doing more sketchbooks now, to, to, so you can get them all. I have to complete the set, yeah. So I think I got one of the last Alex Mill sketchbooks, because I was in the queue a good while after you, and uh, almost immediately got destroyed by somebody stepping on it. Which uh, was my own fault because I put it on the floor during the Bombardianski battle. That was still painful to see, though. He slid about half a mile on it, which was quite impressive. It's, uh... Poor Rodimus. Was he killed, <laughs> this man, in the fall? Well, you, you promised blood and guts and flecks. So I, I, hope, I hope it helped me to deliver. From your description there, this is what I'm imagining. Imagine you put it down on the floor innocently and he comes by. I imagine he's some sort of marathon sprinter. There are many of those at TF Nation, yes. Yeah, I mean, they were all over the, the floor. I'm like, those carpets, you can get quite a speed going. And um, he hits it on his heel, <laughs> kicks it, um, and it travels, I think, about 50 meters. He, meanwhile, sort of comically rises and then falls on a steel beam. Yeah, but and, you, you uh, forgot to slide whistle sound. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, everyone was issued their slide issues in their goodie bag, right? So, yeah, and they, they were told, when something slide whistle-worthy happens, get out your official TF Nation 2017 slide well, whistle. I always carry one on me anyway. Just... Oh, that's, you know, you're a true saint. Um, yeah, well, you know, all the best to uh, this person's family. But, uh, but your sketchbook was destroyed. It, it, all the content is fine, though. It's just Rodimus had a... He's not the man he was. It's in yeah. many ways. He's had a bad year. But uh, Alex Mill himself, he seems to be having a really great uh, convention a few times I spoke to him, actually. He's saying how much he enjoys it more than the American ones and how he'd always be happy to come back. Because I was saying I'd love to do one of the American ones one year to him when I was chatting to him in the hallway at one point. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's much better here. Much, it is a distinctive Alex Mill voice. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, crowds, I think he said. He think there's like thousands of people in the American ones, and he's uh, he prefers a more intimate setting of TF Nation, where the showers are transparent. But I think, I think the artist did have one uh, one thing I saw a few of them uh, be a bit frustrated with is that during panels they would turn the lights down in the hall. Uh, the oh. artists are there trying to sketch. I do their commissions, and they're like, I can't see what I'm doing. Can we have lights back on, please? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, they mostly all had a good time. Well, Alex is usually so busy, um, I doubt he would have had much time to actually draw anything anyway. But yeah, that, that must have been very frustrating because I think a lot of them actually count on that downtime at the, uh, on the table so they can catch up with commissions and things. But uh, yeah, opening ceremony, uh, I was all, um, 
I can't remember what the first panel was after that. Uh, but then, yeah, things kicked off properly. Um, there was more queuing. I went for Sarah Peter Durocher's queue after the opening ceremony and I managed to get there really quickly. So, oh, I should say, actually, I got, I had two commissions for Alex this year. Uh, he only got around to one of them. Uh, the other one, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be arriving in the post at some point. But the one he did do for me was not a Transformers commission, because I, for ages, I've thought of asking him to do a Dragon Ball commission for me. So he did Vegeta. And it is my most treasured thing right now. <laughs> it, it's like, not only is it my only uh, original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball art that I have, but it's also like an Alex Milne Dragon Ball. It's like special. Is is Alex Milne a noted Dragon Ball fan? I didn't think he was, actually. When I asked, well, I thought, well, he, he will know what I'm talking about, if nothing else. But turns out, yeah, he's actually a fan, but uh, not, uh, not a very outspoken one. At least I don't think I've ever heard him. Uh, refer to it okay so that was motivated all by you and your your love for dragon ball yeah because i thought uh milne's style would suit it quite well yeah it's a, it's a cracker of the picture mm. uh, mm. i don't think i don't think it, i did have a commission from sarah P- petra de Rocha, uh but because i mangle her name every time i say it <laughs> uh she she wouldn't give it to me uh no you know, she was uh ill and uh bad other things going on so she wasn't able to get far into her commission so she's uh polishing them off now uh so other than uh, it was a lot of prints from the artists i got this mm. year i got uh, a lot from uh, sarah and uh various uh, a couple of nick roach ones of course you gotta have the nick roach print and uh, various stuff from the forge as well i got a couple of uh, nice Andrew turnbull prints of thunderclash and rodimus so I, was, I had a big postage uh, tube, which I'm demonstrating with my hands. The listeners cannot see that, but I'm demonstrating it. And it wasn't big enough for all the... So I was having to ram it in. At the, again, I'm demonstrating that visually. It, it's very impressive. Attempting slapstick humour in an audio medium. It's, it's my thing. Uh, so that, that was... Uh, luckily, it all came out okay. But that was like really just jumping up and down on the top of it to get all the art in there at the end. Ah. I um I nearly missed the convention altogether. I woke up with ten minutes to get my train, <laughs> ten minutes to, to, to assume consciousness, um, to make myself presentable. Uh, this uh, was on Saturday. Well, this was on Saturday. Was Saturday morning. It's Friday because of this. And uh, it it was uh, very suspenseful because Tom sent us a message going, "I've just woken up. I've missed my train," and that's all we heard for a while, and nobody knew what was happening. <laughs> No, I was running. I was running with all my might, with using all my cunning. <laughs> um, and uh, um, I did make it. And I actually made my connecting train from London to Birmingham and uh, was going to, you know, uh, start preparing the interview we had coming up on the train. But uh, a very nice lady in the seat next to me really wanted to talk about Jesus for a bit. Um, and uh, I was, I was very, you, I was just glad. I was just glad to be there. So. You do look a bit like Jesus, though, Tom. But did she think you might be here? Was she testing you? Um, yeah. There was a couple of probing questions. She asked me my age. She asked me, uh, you know, what language oh, I Jesus? spoke. Yeah. Um, she asked me to heal her. No, no. She was, she was, she was, um, uh, she was a nice, nice lady. Not the, not the nasty kind. Um. But then finally, I, I was disgorged. I found myself 
kind of wandering around the entrance of the quilting convention that was on in the hall next door. Um, I don't quite know how I made it there. And uh, eventually walked back around the lake and uh, ran into your brother, Marianne. I ran into Dion. Yeah, right. And, uh, and he, he showed me where things were. And uh, then I came into the hall and the opening ceremony, I think, was was kind of over by then. You were in the queue for Sarah, Peter Derache. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I immediately tried, me, me and Dion immediately tried to find a broadside, um, a toy broadside, a big, chunky orange we man. Know, we know who broadside is, Tom. I do you know. I just, just <laughs> can't assume that you know what I mean when I say the word broadside. Um, <laughs> could have been the, the red light district. Um, so, and I didn't find one. That was, that was my story. Uh-huh. I did pick up some other toys though. I picked up some, some, a twin twist and, uh, the other one. And, uh, <laughs> and that was fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just chatted to the, oh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing, um, which they had there on the sales floor were the big pits of junk. They just had a lot of junked toys, just bits and legs and things. It was like uh, there was like a sort of a nightmare from Toy Story sort of situation, uh, <laughs> and people were just children were like jumping into it and like raking through it. And people were like nudging each other, elbowing each other out the way to try and grab like just a bit of a bit of a, a Cybertron, Megatron, and um, you know like a leg of Primus or something like that. Um, the, the key piece in there which everybody had a go on, was like a kind of bumblebee role-play gun thing. But I was very happy because I was able to find, amongst various of the junk piles, I was able to find two enough bits of a depth charge, give myself a depth charge. Um, so yeah, that was, that, was, that was worth all the hullabaloo with the trains, let me tell you. And uh, did, did you see any panels on Saturday, Tom? Were you just uh, in boxes? Uh, panel, yes. I saw a good panel. You were there too, getting your uh, Alex Milne sketchbook destroyed. Uh, Marion, were you at the Bob Budiansky? I sort of was. I was in the hall, very close to the Bob Budiansky panel. I was in the James Roberts queue. <laughs> mm. This went on for a while. In fact, I may have heard the whole panel. From James Roberts' queue. <laughs> from the queue. Didn't even want to be there. Uh, I think, actually, the queues were pretty astounding. I think my entire trip up from Brighton roughly covered the period where you guys were in the queue to get in, weren't it? Wasn't it? Something like that? Well, there, there, there was a queue, but we didn't join it. We waited until everybody got in. We, we stayed ah. in the bar. We joined it towards the end. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Okay. And that's why you didn't get the animated comic. Oh, don't judge us. <laughs> Didn't want to queue for that, to be fair. I mean, I was hoping day two would be better. It wasn't. Mm. No, no. It's uh, the, the Buddy Ansi panel, though, I thought that was, uh, in terms of uh, the professional entertainment over the weekend, I thought that was probably the highlight, because he's such a nice man. He remembers so much stuff quite well. But he's got all those documents that somebody needs to go scan and put on the internet with a book. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely extraordinary. He's kept every single like handwritten legal pad, the grid, the grid, the grid of the graph paper he had of all the tech specs, you know, which he scanned in and put up. Oh yeah, it was incredibly well put together. Well, re- I guess he has to research this stuff, right? He, oh, yeah. he, he can't, he can't 
summon those uh, ideas off the uh, off the top of his head. He was very clear about what he did and what he didn't do as well. He was he was very keen to give credit to his um, collaborators. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I remember two, three years ago when he was in London. Uh, he I, when I speak to him, he was very disappointed he couldn't do his presentation there. So I guess this oh. is something he's put together over a few years, and he's like, it's like his one man show, I suppose. So it's very yeah. well. It was very polished. well polished. Yeah. Um, yeah, Until I was really this, people that. ask questions, of course, about it went all the way wrong. Oh, Some yes. Those... Crazy questions that were asked about engineering. Those jerks. Yeah, I, I asked him a question about, about his engineering background. He didn't, I wanted to dig into where he'd studied and what his thesis was on, but um, he didn't say much more than what I already knew about him. But, um, but yeah, it was good to, good to speak to him. You, you could have asked him a question about why, why Beachcomber was a dune buggy. Oh, that was sweet. I don't know. That, that, that woman stood up for the for context, listeners. Uh, a woman that, towards the end of the panel, she was quite nervous and um, stammered quite a bit. But I think she didn't really know much about Transformers. And I think she was trying to get to the bottom of why one of them was a beach buggy, a dune buggy. Uh, it depends on well, you call it me either I think I don't think he minds yeah <laughs> well I it's a legitimate question it's that kind of thing like everyone's talking about very specific things long ago it's just like okay yeah but why why does one of them turn into a dune buggy we've never got to the bottom of this oh, no. now you're making me look like a jerk for mocking it oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I am to be fair uh, which panels did you go see on Saturday Marion do you know I can't actually remember what else was on on the Saturday? I think this. Well, I, I hear there was a good there was a good panel in the panel room that uh, some people walked into halfway through. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Um, so in the main room, <laughs> um, no, we will talk about that. We'll talk about that in a bit though. This year, I think because last year, I I mean, there's been a bit uh, said this year by a few people about general anxiety at conventions so I found myself last year I really struggled um, because there was a lot going on that I was trying to do too many things I had things happening before TF Nation and after TF Nation that my mind was on and just the whole thing I found was disastrous for me last year so this year I just wanted to be able to have the completely opposite experience so I didn't plan for pretty much anything uh, I just wanted to turn up and have a good time and see people and say hi to people and, you know, spend time with people. And if I picked anything up, that would be great. Um, and if I saw panels, that would be fantastic. And, you know, but I just didn't want to over plan myself. So I found myself just listening to um, what was going on in the panels whilst queuing for things or whilst looking at toys or, you know. Um, and I genuinely right now, I can't remember uh, having sat down for any panel other than the Lost Light panel on the Sunday. Uh, although I'm sure I, I must have done. Um, it just uh, doesn't seem to be there right now. Did you, uh, did you go to the Sarah P- Petra DeRocha Oh, yes, panel. I did. That's right. Um, she was also in the other room. So she was in the smaller room. So I'm just trying to think whether there were any more in the main room that I actually uh, went for. But I think there may not have been. I think most of the things I heard were just from queuing. Um, uh, but yeah, I went to Sarah's panel. Uh, I pronounce her name Peter Duroche. I have no idea if that's anywhere nearer to how it's supposed to be pronounced. I really hope it, it so. It can't be further away than mine. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry, Sarah. 
Yes, I went to that one. And then later on in the day, there was a podcasting panel. Would you believe? Yes, that was an interesting one. Uh, for sort of context, I got a message about that a few months ago when it was going to be on a Friday, which meant it could only be either me or Marion on it and not Tom. Uh, because Marion wanted a relaxing convention, it sort of fell upon me. Uh, which was interesting with all the technical questions that were coming up. Well, I was having a just speaking into the little magic box and voices come out of the other end. It's great. It's incredibly easy. <laughs> uh, but it was... It, uh, Oh, it would have been more fun to be in a smaller panel room because then I could have pretended it was fuller. <laughs> we were in competition with Furman. But uh, I do, I do uh, you might have heard the audio of that panel by now. We will be putting it up at some point. So I do, I do try to pretend the room is fuller than it is on the audio. It's full of very quiet people, not to say very much. But yeah, it was good fun. Everybody on it was very nice. Uh, our, our listener was in there, which was, which was nice of him. And I got to uh, slander Tom and Marion with uh, no chance of uh, being able to get back at me. <laughs> oh, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can think of some way. <laughs> uh, I did. Luckily, uh, because uh, one of the funny, the sweet things about it is that sort of during the panel, everybody, everybody else is talking about professionalism and the quality and how everything needs to be really good and to a standard. Uh, because of a technical glitch, the podcast panel audio is quite poor. There was some sort of problem with it. Uh, so that's, that's what tickles me a bit. And luckily, it's also missing start where I balls up what I was saying. Uh, the first thing I said, I got completely wrong. And luckily, that's not on the audio. So now I look like a professional. <laughs> what did you get completely wrong? Oh, I can't think I said I was on another podcast or something. Or I said I was Sarone McNally. Or uh, I, I said I was Simon Furman. And uh, thanked everyone for coming to the Definitive History panel. It was something, some slip of a tongue. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was, it was, I had to say again, anyway. Much like now, I, I was just stammering incoherently for this minute, basically. It, I, I just want to interject at this point and say there is audio from the panel. In my book, that's a success. <laughs> because it means they actually, you know, if the main recording went wrong, they had a backup. That is professionalism right there. <laughs> my hands up. I think that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, f- thanks to Andy uh, Milman for the Moonbase 2 for uh, uh, asking me, me to be on that and uh, for sorting out the audio. Uh, it's it's quite fun and you might learn something about podcasting. I know I did. Uh, I was not at that panel because I was uh, upstairs um, very wickedly eating an entire bag of pistachios um, while uh, copying down a lot of Questions for James Roberts on some cue cards. Cue cards as well. It was great. It was like being on uh, whose line is it anyway? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that that, that was my uh, main regret, actually, that I went straight from the podcast panel to the James Roberts interview. Basically, it was time to find James Roberts and send him on a wild goose chase through the hotel. But uh, it was fundamentally sort of one after the other, and I think I may have done better with a bit more of a gap between them. So I turned up at the panel halfway because I was a um, prepping the room for the, the interview because we were having it in our room. And uh, I think I was doing a couple of things. Tom asked me to as well at some point. Primarily, though, I was just eating, to be honest, because everybody else had lunch when I went to Sarah's panel. And then I came out to the panel and then I was talking. People caught me and started talking to me. So I hadn't had any time to eat. And by that point, I was just about ready to collapse. So I just went upstairs and had some food. 
And then I walked in, I think it was about halfway through the podcast panel, which meant unfortunately I missed the intro videos because there were some guest spots from other people, notably our friends over at Transmissions. Uh, so I'm really sorry, I actually missed that. And I really hope that they put that up on their YouTube channel at some point because I would quite like to see it. Uh, it sounded, I have heard the audio and it sounded quite amusing. Um, so the bit of the panel that I heard, it, it sounded really good. I'm really sorry that I missed it because now that I have heard um, a fair bit more of the audio, uh, it sounded really interesting. Uh, so there was a lot of chat from what I heard, Stuart, about um, sort of, as you were saying, uh, recording equipment and practices and things like that, which uh, would have been good to be in for. Because they've all been doing it for much longer. I think most of them have patrons and probably official sponsorship and thing like that. They're, they're, like, they're the big boys. Uh, we're like a little amateur. I like to think of us as indie. I think that sounds better. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're the, we are the Nevada. Wait, of... why, don't we get, why don't we get some sponsors? Who did... Who's going to... We should. Who sponsors these things? I think you probably uh, need um, a regular show for sponsors. It's probably a uh, good start. <laughs> but you know, but I think we do it ourselves now. I've got, I got some good laughs. Uh, Oddly enough, when I said I prepare my jokes in advance, that's how I got a massive, as if <laughs> people couldn't quite believe that. I don't know what. <laughs> it's all carefully moulded. This show. <laughs> <laughs> but. So after that, it was a James Roberts interview for us, Red, really, yes. wasn't it? Uh, how do we think that went? We could just play the whole James Roberts interview now here and just not have to do anything else for the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should You should have already heard that, listener, by now, I think, in the way these things will be released. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, we're going to let the listeners tell us what they thought of it. Um, I, I, the only thing I regret is I didn't have time to ask a question about uh, Delgate and Cyclonus because I really wanted to get in there and get some more info out of James upon those two and about what happened there and their relationship and that, that ending. But uh, we were we we're kind of pressed for time. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time for the interview itself because um, you know, conventions are busy times for artists and, um, and uh, you know, creative people in general. So uh, fair enough, obviously. And uh, we, we are very grateful to James for giving us as much of his time as he did give us. Yes, he had to go to Nando's afterwards as well. Which... <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think of how. Um... No, actually, this is completely unrelated. I was just thinking of the protein bars that that Denya had. On his... <laughs> this was how much of a godsend they were. It was a repeat to last year. He had he did exactly the same thing. He pulled down this big box full of protein bars. It was the same box, I imagine. He just carries it with him wherever he goes. Nobody. Those things them. do have an impressive shelf life. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was your first uh, your first live in the flesh interview, Tom. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah, it was good to talking uh, talking to him. He's a real gent, and he was very uh, patient with a first time interviewer. Uh, I managed to ask him a few questions about politics, but but held back on the religion questions. Yes, well, uh, as we've learned from his Twitter feed, if you want to get uh, the political dirt from him, you need to convey it through pop songs by ex neighbours stars. What? Your ex-neighbor? No, my songs from ex-neighbor stars. Like oh, uh, from ex-neighbor stars. Uh, my ex, my ex-neighbor is not a I star. Thought you, I thought your ex-neighbor was a was just Natalie and Brulee. That's very unlikely. <laughs> well, I don't know. Everyone's going to be I mean, from somewhere. I've never seen my neighbors. It could be. <laughs> She's fallen on hard times since Johnny English too. It's... Oh no, was she in Johnny English too? 
Or the first one, I can't. Gillian Anderson's in one, Natalie Imbruglio is in the other one, and if anybody cares, can find out which. Well, hope good thing that person doesn't <laughs> We're straight now, which is bad. But after the interview was a Saturday night's entertainment, which Tom couldn't go to because he was a one-dayer. He was like a social pariah, uh, pointed at and laughed at. So to, I kept him company by going with him to the gourmet uh, burger kitchen, which is better than Nando's. <laughs> Even if they get a better class of celebrities anywhere. Uh, and Marion, you did the Saturday stuff. So what was uh, the Saturday night stuff like? I went this year because I missed it last year and I was good. At it, so I went to the cosplay competition and it was glorious. I always love watching the cosplay. My only comment was, um, and I hadn't, well, like I said, in goal last year, so I, it completely passed me by. But this year, compared to auto assembly, certainly there were fewer children. I felt there were fewer children in general at the convention. I don't know if you got the same impression. I was quite surprised by how, yeah, by how uh, a few children and families were there. Mm. I, see, I guess because whenever I saw a child doing something, it was entertaining. So they, they t- I, I like saw one who was having a moment with an Optimus Prime cosplayer and it was like a little three-year-old and it was going, hey, Optimus Prime, hey, you don't look quite like the guy from the movies. I don't know why you're a bit more blocky and square-chested, but hey, it's Optimus Prime, hey. It was a very self-aware three-year-old. Uh, that was quite adorable. I think people say they were kids molesting Sideswipe. <laughs> a cosplayer as well, jumping on him going, hey, and... Uh, so it didn't it did feel like there were less kids to me, but maybe that's because the kids I saw were entertaining in their childlike wonder. I'm glad they were there to entertain your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed so hard at that. Uh, yeah, that, that was the laughter of recognition there, which is worrying. <laughs> that, that is a... um, but that was all I saw on the Saturday. Uh, so after the cosplay, we headed over to the bar. Um, because that's what we did. Um, and then we caught up with everybody else. Um, so the two of you had gotten back by then, I think, or did shortly after. Uh, we all got ourselves a big table and we all sat around. And then we, we played card games. We did, into the early hours. There was a deafening chorus, like a, like a, like a dawn chorus of ratchet joints. Uh, the people <laughs> in the bar were sitting down. Well, we're getting older, Tom. <laughs> Ripping open the packaging. Uh, there was a Triptychon I saw. Uh, a lot of overlords on tables, sitting proudly on tables. Then you had a six shot, and I got to play with that. That was good. Mm. I couldn't make it into any of his modes. <laughs> I just wanted to say, because when we recorded our um, TFCon podcast with uh, Izan Tori from TF Nation, uh, we were comparing the two conventions, and uh, you know the issue of the bar came up and how TFCon nobody really hangs around the bar, whilst TF Nation is more a, a bar with a convention attached. Somebody made a comment on Twitter this year about the fact that, sure, yeah, people do hang around at the bar all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are sitting around drinking. And I thought this is worth pointing out because we did talk a lot about it uh, when we did that recording. You know, the bar is everything, everybody, that's where you need to be and blah, blah, blah. That's not to say that people just sit around the bar having alcohol all night. The whole point of the bar is that you can drink whatever you want. If you want to have alcohol, that's great. If you don't, you don't need to have alcohol. Uh, The good thing about the bar is that people just hang around, play with their toys, 
you know, play board games or card games or talk to each other and generally just catch up. And that is the beauty of the bar at TF Nation more than anything else. Hmm. I, I didn't see anyone be, maybe I just didn't notice it, but I didn't see anyone, there was no roundiness, was there? No, I don't think uh, there was. I a, a bad, very drunken bad bushy front of me with you bar at one point, but oh, I you were livid. You were well, livid. I was briefly annoyed. <laughs> But then you only had a 50-50% chance of getting a drink you actually ordered. <laughs> anyway, so... Mm. So, uh, then we're into the Sunday, where uh, Tom uh, was only there for one day, but you were you were there early on the Sunday, weren't you? So did you do anything before you left the con, or did you just go? I went to breakfast, and I um, made up a lunchbox from the buffet bar. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that. Uh, Marion and her brother kept making fun of me for not eating sausages <laughs> and that, that made me feel bad that, that's the sort of thing he does don't take it personally he got very upset by my, he, by he, my... he loves his meats you should have seen him devour that <laughs> chicken in Nando's on a Friday he's like a <laughs> well, you know, meats man I like a meat too but you know I wanted some I wanted some yoghurt <laughs> I just wanted some yoghurt <laughs> I stuffed extra meat in in my lunch when he wasn't looking. <laughs> extra meat, just to, just to show him. Tom, <laughs> I don't eat meat, so I'm I'm good with you having the yogurt. Okay, okay. Um, uh, yeah. Then I went to the bar, uh, hung around a bit, tried to open the other jump starter, not the good one, and um, and said my goodbyes and went on a. Oh. The train. oh, the train. The trains were were terrible on the way back, but it's a very boring story. Oh. <laughs> uh, did you come in the Corona bar with us? I can't remember if that was before or after you left. No, it was after you left, unfortunately. Oh, we went outside and we saw the sun. What? <laughs> yeah. And sat on uncomfortable plank chairs. It was then there actually. At some point, we caught up and he said, "It's a shame that we're sat in here because it's a lovely day outside." And I remembered the Corona bar existed, so I walked down because it was past the luggage room uh, on the on the Sunday, and I walked a little bit further, had a look outside. There was hardly anybody there. There were lots of free tables, so I then came and grabbed you all and said, "Let's go sit outside." And very nice it was too. You you missed the chance for it. I did, I did. I'm feeling, I'm feeling bad. And I think that's when I ordered a coffee for Denya at the bar and it took about 20 minutes for it to turn up, even though there was nobody else in the bar. Oh, was that a separate to my order? Oh, that was separate. That was, oh, uh... because mine took a good 20 minutes, if I recall. <laughs> a tea, a coffee and a Coke took about 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the people at the Hilton are lovely. And obviously, they put up with us there every year. And, you know, conventions are very busy events and so on. But so well, if, this, if this were a, a professional sponsored podcast, I would have hired an actor to come in at this point, dressed as a member of the Hilton staff with a cup of coffee I ordered two weeks ago. Hey, those are the kind, the kind of good content that the, the, the other, the bigger podcasts... So they deal in. <laughs> so, in the end, what did you buy, Stuart? Uh, I I did most of my buying on the Sunday, at least toy wise. Uh, I, I at the start of Sunday, I had more money uh, than I actually came to the convention with because of my book. I was using the book as currency. Uh, I bought a Nick Roach print with my book and uh, got a few other things off people by exchanging them. Uh, 
had people buy them as well, which is very nice. Uh, so I, I had all this money to get rid of on a Sunday, from which I got the convention toy. Which uh, you you were were you two fans of the look of a convention toy? I know I thought somebody who really didn't like the look of it. Uh, it. It was cute. It's not something I would have picked up personally. It was all right. I didn't yeah, understand I mean, it. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, I, it's a very faithful to that Don Figueroa design, which is as wide as it is tall. Uh, but yeah, I think if you like the, the War Within stuff, it's quite a fun, cute little thing. It wasn't too expensive, which was uh, pretty nice. And the other side, I got an Overlord, which I swiped for Nick Roach's nose because uh, he was standing there going, Oh, is, it, is that yeah, that's your last one, is it? In his distinctive Nick Roach voice. And uh, he was, oh, I don't know if I can get it. Uh, I'll have to have a think. I'll come back later. And then I just swept, swept, swept in and bought it. Uh, I don't know if that, if that was cruel to Nick Roach or whether he was working with Kapow on commission to just stand there loudly going, so that's your last overlord, is it, as people are walking past? Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, that's a lovely little toy, actually. I know the third party one is more roachy, but it's a good, chunky, uh, fun toy. And I got the third party Cyclonus. Who's uh? Is this uh, um, the MMC Cyclonus? Uh, the MMC. Get? I think uh, I, I own enough MMC stuff now to firmly say they are my favourite third-party company. Okay. Uh, with no real authority or expertise to say that about any of the others. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun toy. Uh, oh, I got a GoBot, of course. I got uh, Baron Von Joy. <laughs> gives much joy to people. Uh, Death's Head Two, who is awful and yet brilliant. And uh, the big one, I suppose, was the MMC Purple Rodimus, which was a uh, it's, it's a f- fun toy. It's a, the colours work so well. I think that's what he down to Joanna Lafuente. Yes, that's what he down to her design work. I would assume. Uh, originally, uh, it, it just looks great. Uh, it's a uh, fun toy, and it's got a nice box, which is signed by James, Nick, and Jack. But I forgot to get Alex to sign it, which was uh, sloppy of me because I saw some he signed, and they had all these elaborate sketches on them as well. I was like, ah, oh, that's a shame. So, and I think that was all of my toys. What, what about you two? Oh, no, you, you've already said, haven't you, Tom? Sorry, because uh, you've got your depth charge. Depth charge. No one should forget that. <laughs> um, the only figure I bought was a getaway, which on the Sunday, this is a Titan Returns getaway, um, who was down to a tenner. So I thought, okay, that's that's good enough. I'm going to grab that for a tenner. The other figures I was after throughout the weekend were again Titan Returns figures. So I was after a misfire and a croc, but I was waiting for them to drop in price, which they didn't. Uh, so I just ended up not picking them up. Uh, there were a couple of other Titans Returns figures I may have potentially been interested in, but they weren't my priority. So that most of the things that I bought were, um, I got a print and postcards from Sarah Peter Duroche. Like I mentioned earlier, I got Alex's um, sketchbook and the commission. Oh, and I got, Alex made badges this year uh, and he uh, had a scavenger set, which I got. Uh, cute little scavengers faces. I also picked up the four new scripts that James Roberts had this year and I was avoiding like anything, getting even more prints because now I have a massive collection of prints that just sit in tubes, which is just 
a bit pointless, really. Um, oh, no, I got a print from Nick. That's what I got. I'd say, but it have to have been a print. <laughs> so having avoided uh, getting any prints from most people over the weekend, I ended up getting a print from Nick, which is the uh, Lost Light crew, which is the continuation of the prints he's been doing every year. So I got that. And I also had lots of things signed, as I usually do. And then I um, had been really looking forward to The Forge this year. So The Forge is what TF Nation called their fan artist, Ali, which last year had its own room, and but it was literally its own room. It was a room just for the fan artist. There was nothing else in it. And I did go in it, but it, it felt a bit awkward, like, because you kind of want to browse, but you don't want to feel like... Because with fan artists, I find it's worse if you don't buy anything because, you know, they've put themselves out there, they've paid for the table, they've made all this effort, and you're just, like, going around looking at their stuff and going, yeah, I'll pass. I always feel awful doing that to them. Uh, so it was even more awkward going into that room just to do a walk around the room and not buy anything. But this year, they had put the toy displays in and the fan artist tables in one room together and called it the Forge. So it was much, much better. You could just go in to look at the toy displays you know you didn't have to feel like really self-conscious just walking around the tables but there were quite a few artists this year uh, some of which had been there in the previous year at TF Nation that I was really looking forward to again and I had saved a bit more money uh, this year just to put towards uh, their stuff so I did pick up some postcards and some stickers and badges and magnets and things like that which are all really lovely little things you know to have uh, which I think make the fandom a much better place just by existing and make me very happy. Yeah, I, I went in the Forge and uh, uh, it was much... In fact, I didn't go in the Forge last year because I couldn't find it. <laughs> By my standards, it was a definite yeah. uh, improvement. Uh, there was all sorts of uh, neat stuff in there. Uh, I, I, to go back to what you said earlier, I didn't know Alex was doing badges. So I'm disappointed. I wish I'd seen those. I would have like, oh, bought no. all the badges because uh, one of the things I did get... Uh, was what the Toy Fu store were doing was all their Transformers Armada badges. They make, like made a set of them, and because yeah. I contributed to my fanzine, uh, which somebody asked me to sign me a Toy Fu fanzine, which was very nice of them. <laughs> but uh, those badges are just great. So to have some Alex Mill ones uh, as well would have been uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really lovely. And, uh, in terms of your getaway, have you strung him up from singling yet? He's still in his card. I haven't taken me out yet. You're working on a suitable punishment for him. I, I had said that if I ever buy him, it would have to be for a suitable amount just to dismember him. And I did get him at a suitable amount just to dismember him. I haven't gotten as far as dismembering him yet, though. He comes apart pretty easily. I, I just want to recreate the cell scene, you see. It's 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 canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the other sketchy thing I got was uh, the Jack Lawrence uh, art bible for Lost Lights, which, uh, not being an artist, I found interested from style. Uh, I didn't realise that when artists do character designs, they don't bother drawing all the limbs. There's like a bit of arms the same as the other arm. You only need to draw one. For so that was a, an interesting thing to discover. Uh, I don't know if that's standard practice, but it makes sense. I guess, because, yeah, I've seen those cutaways, so you can see how the, the thighs and the shoulders connect and things like that, right? Just in case you're not sure how thighs and shoulders connect. <laughs> you know, you, 
You shouldn't make assumptions about thighs and shoulders. Um, when I got home, uh, there were some children in my house, and uh, how rude! They were, they couldn't. It kind of short-circuited their minds that this adult came in with a big suitcase full of transformers, <laughs> and none of them were for oh, them. I'm glad those children were there to entertain you, Tom. <laughs> um, I let them go with. Uh, I gave them an Energon dive bomb which i'd assembled in the, the junk pile because it's a cool little toy and i've already got one and um uh you know kind of good to sit down with them on the kitchen floor and talk them through uh how to transform things i didn't let them open my misfire though that was, that was <laughs> that's that was, special, that was my time, special time yes <laughs> uh this did remind me actually i did go to the third party panel on the sunday I think that was the Sunday. Oh. And, of course... Yes, I, I think I was uh, queuing up for James again when that was on, so yeah. Yeah, and, of course, yeah, the aforementioned Lost Light panel was uh, the last thing on Sunday as well. And it was late in the day. It was at 4 o'clock, I think. And we were kind of, like, needing to get away so we could be back in York at a reasonable hour. Uh, but with that panel being on at 4, we couldn't. So I made everybody stay. <laughs> so I could watch the panel. Uh, and Darren, who was driving us, uh, is not up to date with Lost Light, so he couldn't even watch it. So he just basically had to hang around whilst uh, went to the panel. Well, my brother as well, actually. Uh, but yeah, they were the two panels I did go to on the Sunday. Uh, what did you learn in the Lost Light panel? So uh, we should say it was James Robertson, Jack Lawrence, um, the two of them on the panel. So they, there was, um, I think Jack did a lot of talking because obviously he's new. Um, so he hasn't, uh, you know, addressed the TF Nation audience before. So he discussed his approach to the characters and the existing designs. He did say that he doesn't particularly enjoy designing new characters. It's not what he likes to do. He likes, he's more interested in the sort of like, expressions and characters reactions and that's the kind of thing that he enjoys drawing but working out the mechanics in Transformers is not something that he likes and so he doesn't feel like he needs to reinvent the characters or come up with new designs for them and he doesn't mind using uh, Nick's and Alex's old designs Uh, so there was a lot of chat about that Uh, James spoke a lot about the Functionist universe um there was, I think, a little bit of discussion around Anode and Lug. Um, I, admittedly, I do have some things mixed up in my head between the interview and the panel, uh, so I don't want to repeat what's already in the interview. Uh, but there was some discussion around politics, I'm sure. Uh, it was one of the first things that I came up at the panel. Hmm. Uh, I think uh, my favourite part of that panel was that uh, Chris McFeely, God bless him, I, I love Chris, he got corrected at one point, which I think may have been a first for him. And it, was, it was a beautiful moment. Because <laughs> uh, I what? think he said, you know, yeah, he asked Jack Lawrence what it was like to work for IDW for the first time. And Jack said, I've, I've been working for them for years. I never comics. And I was like, oh, Chris McFeely got something marginally slightly wrong. It was a, it was a red letter day. I didn't remember that, actually. Like, I didn't remember. I mean, I know Jack has worked on other big titles, but I didn't remember... That he had worked on other IDW titles. What are the I think other? It was books? Skylands. He said. Hmm. Uh, Skylanders. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that comic. It was all right. I read a couple of Skyland of the IDW Skylanders. Mm-hmm. It felt it had the kind of vibe. I don't know if you ever came across Sonic the Comic. Um, 
in your in your youth. It was you know a licensed adventure comic. Um, but it just had some very good people behind it, and I got the, the Skylanders had that vibe. Anyone who didn't get a chance to attend the panel, I believe it's the Allsparks that have put up a summary of it. So if anyone's interested, visit the Allspark website. Lots of fleshed out details about it. So at that point, it was time for Maria to go home. I think, wasn't it? That's right. So yeah. I think I've, yeah, I think I've mentioned everything I did uh, on the day that I can think of. Uh, so yeah, it was literally pack up and go home. So we made it home around eight o'clock, I think it was by the time we got in. And that was me done. Uh, but you stayed on, Stuart. I did. I was in the bar. It was very strange this year because in previous years, the bar on the Sunday night is just full of people who are all drinking their drinks of choice and playing with their toys and it's all very active up until about three o'clock in the morning where you have this sort of big group photo of everyone together. This year, everyone was just absolutely knackered. They were just, I think by like one o'clock, virtually everyone had gone to bed. Uh, I only saw a couple of the actual TF end people about. Uh, uh, Adam White said he was looked absolutely knackered as well. Big bangs under his eyes. He, he'd had a, a long weekend. So I think myself and our good friend Ryan, we were amongst the very last people still up and about at uh, one o'clock. And it was a sort of very quiet, muted wind down uh, this year. And uh, Ryan did very well at the convention uh, because we, we brought some whiskey for James Roberts to drink during the interview. And I think we had about half a bottle during the interview when we were just going to give him a rest. But because Ryan, who is quite a way behind on the comics, he's just read more than BTI issue six because he is very upset at the death of Rung. He's really surprised and shocked by that. Uh, James felt a sympathy for him and gave him the half bottle of whiskey. <laughs> it was, uh, it's Ryan is, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ryan F posts at the um, DFW forums. He has his own thread, which is called um, Grumpy G1 Fun, I think, uh, reads IW Transformers in order. Uh, and a lot of people are finding it quite enjoyable because obviously uh, he's following uh, the collections, like the collected editions. So the order that he reads them in is quite crazy sometimes, to be honest. But he has just gotten yeah as far as More Than Mystery 6. It, he's not reading More Than Mystery on its own, so he just keeps jumping around between the various series, including all the extras and you know and additional books that came out at the time and so on. So. Yeah, he's just gone to Mother Mystery 6 and it's really hard talking around him because obviously you don't want to spoil anything. But I think he he was genuinely gutted about Rung at the end of 6. And I think we all took a second when he said that to sort of like collect ourselves and work in our heads what we needed to say and what we needed to look like whilst talking to him so as not to give anything. So you could see everybody's in the workings happening just as Ryan was speaking at the table. Um, I, mean, I, I think he was quite suspicious by the, the end of the convention <laughs> that they made more of a big CI uh, to that. Uh, but he didn't care. He got half a bottle of whiskey out of it. <laughs> um, and I was, throughout the convention, because of pipes, I was thinking, oh, someone's going to spoil that for him for sure. Someone's going to make a pipes joke, you know. Some, like, there was no way he's going to walk out of this without that being ruined for him. But it didn't. Nobody talked about pipes at all. Instead, everybody was just trying not to talk about Rung. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a happy story. <laughs> uh, that, in fact, uh, 
He, he didn't drink any of the whiskey that night. He just took it with him. But the next day was the first time I've ever seen Ryan hung over in four years of these conventions. He's usually a man who can... He's got some drinking powers, uh, but he was much for worse for wear when we were waiting for the train on the Monday morning, which is probably a sign of how worn out he was by the convention. In this year of Trump. You can't blame Trump for everything. <laughs> can, 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 can. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, one of your political questions in the interview we didn't get around for, to, wasn't it? Uh, can we blame Trump for everything this year? We can, can, can. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't so much of a question more. I was going to get up on the table and kind of make a sort of bird, uh, bird, bird kind of profile and kind of cackle. But, uh, but yeah, we didn't have enough time. We didn't have enough time. So, does anybody have any final thoughts about the convention, Ben? Um, given that it was the second TF Nation, I felt the first year it, it went very well. Uh, but you could tell that we're kind of being cautious. And obviously, you know, it was a smaller uh, smaller room. They were perhaps trying it out a little bit more. I felt that this year they just went for it. Uh, it was all out and it went even better than expected, potentially, I hope. Um, I mean, of course, that's the thing with any kind of convention what you are aiming for is that regardless of any disaster happening backstage, uh, people don't actually realize that it's going on. And as an attendee who was not in any way involved in the convention, I can say to me, it looked like everything was going absolutely smoothly. I haven't heard anything otherwise, so I don't know whether that was the case or not. But I had a really good time. Uh, like I said, I spoke to lots of people. I'm really glad I did. And people from all over, uh, people from the Netherlands and Australia and people who visited from all over the place. Uh, it was fantastic to talk to everybody. And I actually managed to get lots of sleep, which is very unusual for conventions. I managed to not be hungover on any of the days and I managed to just generally have a really relaxed and good time. So... Uh, big thanks up, thumbs up to um, TF Nation organizers and to everybody who made it a very pleasant occasion. Um, yes, likewise. Uh, yeah, thanks to everybody around. And yeah, I got to echo that. Um, everything seemed to be in its place. Uh, I didn't really have much time to get around much of it. Uh, I kind of, I think I spent most of the convention just sort of on the main floor, just sort of bumping into people and having little chats um and then the rest of it all kind of happened backstage just an interview and in the bar and things but yeah i really enjoyed myself um yeah there was a the, the sense of camaraderie and um the fan works were incredible one of the highlights was i didn't get the fella's name but the he brought around his postcards he'd made of um reconstructions of, of uh, transformers comics oh uh, kevin uh, gorman i believe Yes, Kevin Gorman came around and just gave, was handing out free postcards. And um, uh, yeah, really incredible work. I uh, enjoyed that an awful lot. Uh, great highlight to interview James. And I had a real, really good time uh, playing <laughs> round after round of, of werewolf <laughs> in, in the bar, uh, led by Jamie. And really you, like you really that. threw yourself into doing the hosting of that at, uh, at one point. You were like doing uh, 20 minute spiels of, to the point no one can remember who was a werewolf. <laughs> now, yeah, it's all part of the, all part of the, the confusion campaign. <laughs> For me, the sort of big thing, of course, was having the new book out and lugging this satchel full of books around with me. So it was nice for people 
Uh, seem to appreciate it. Simon Furman said nice things about first one, which blew my mind a little. With that slightly odd way of finding out that he'd enjoyed it whilst he was niggling in front of me. Look, go through a box of toys, Tom. Go through a box of toys. He bought some Robotech What's he now? <laughs> uh, but, but to sort of counter all the positive things I was saying about book, to, to throw a bit of humility in for when he thinks it was a great international bestseller, I was talking to the bar at one point to a guy who was a friend of uh, uh, Graham Thompson, the guy who got the Jeff Senior cover. Um, he was like, this guy I was talking to, big Marvel UK fan, loves Marvel UK has all the original issues. He's tracking down all the super expensive collected comics. He's a super, super, super insane Marvel UK fan. Had never heard of my website or book. <laughs> so that's, that's where you get into the, that's just the circle of a Venn diagram. You got to get those ads on Instagram, Stuart. You got to get those ads on Instagram. But the five people who have heard of it really like it. <laughs> and some of them are famous. So that, that may like that as 10 normal people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the, certainly the strength of, of 10 men. So that's my, my overriding memory. <laughs> yeah, you've got a real fan base going, and you uh, you uploaded a lot of books, didn't you? Indeed, yes, yes. But I'll be I'll be found podcast Maximus Lister, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that was really gratifying. Exactly. I, I, I think every time I saw him, I was I was like one time eating a pizza. I think he was doing something else. Uh, well, obviously, one time I saw him, I was on the podcast panel, so I couldn't really stop the chat, man. But I I don't really got the chance to have a proper conversation with him, which is a shame, but... Yeah, you got to tweet at me to keep him keen. That's... that's oh, I feel dirty you saying that. Huang, um, <laughs> it was a really good uh, chance to meet you. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you're listening to this one, uh, I hope we meet again. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how you top your Hot Rod cosplay. Indeed. A big shout-out. Uh, thanks for approaching us as well, and I hope you can make it from Australia again. That would be grand. Or maybe we can make it to Australia next. That's what we need a patron for. Our Australian trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we need... Who's going to sponsor us? The... Well, but patron is people who love us. Just give us some money. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Well, well, we we, we give them different perks. Juan can give us some money every every episode. And then, I don't know, one of those toy, the third-party toy companies, the, the people in Hong Kong in their base, in their garage. Uh, the ones Hasbro are trying to shut down, as we record. Yes, they need they need our coverage. Um, oh, there you go. As, as, as we've sold out uh, to commercialism, I think that's a good place as any to, to wrap up with some more shameless self-promotion. Marion, Twitter handle and anything you'd like to promote at the moment? Morta on Twitter and Morta on Tumblr. And I don't have anything else to promote at the moment. However, all this postcard business is making me think that's that's something I need to get on for next year now. To, to make some postcards? Yeah. Oh, yeah, some postcards of your photos. That would be amazing. You should do that. I will do that. I will absolutely do this, she said now, and then forgot about it. You, your first one should be get away with his arms and legs popped off, <laughs> strung up, you with know, a gag in his mouth. If no third-party company does the extra head for that, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, oh what, what we need is an official podcast Maximus postcard we could send to people at all time. Like, in the 80s, when you used to write to a BBC, you'd get a Sarah Green postcard back or whatever, but she'd sign the back off. That's what we should do. That would be for our show. I mean, oh, the Tony's console used to have one of those postcards, so I think we should have one as well. Maybe, hmm. Maybe the getaway thing can be it. You know, getaway is all darkly lit, <laughs> moody, sort of gag in his mouth, hung up, tortured. Podcast Maximus. <laughs>
Shut up and listen. <laughs> Tom, anything you want to promote or anything you're planning to make in the future? Oh man, I am making things right now. My other podcast, which is an audio drama podcast where like we pretend to be other people. Not not Marion and Stuart, just me and, and my friends Josh and Amy. Um, we pretend to be other people and we make like a story and it's good. You should listen to it. It's called The Saga of the European King. Uh, we're just coming up to the season two finale and we're having our very first live show um, in Brighton at the Onca Gallery on the 6th of October. And there'll be an exhibition also in the Onca Gallery during that weekend of my uh, of my art, which I actually draw most of it while I'm recording this podcast. Just right now, I've drawn a snake. That's right. It's a snake. Yeah, it definitely is. Stuart, it's confirmed. It is. It does indeed resemble a snake. That will be up there on the walls, and you can see that, and you can see me as a person. You may have done this before. You may have seen me as a person, but I'll be pretending to be other people, many other people, all the characters in the show, which is like a story show. Anyway, the Saga of the European King. You can find us on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and Stitcher and iTunes and even Podchaser, though I don't think that's open to the public yet. Uh, you can, if, if, if I've uh, inflamed your imagination, you can get a ticket for the show on Eventbrite. Look at our Facebook page, Saga of the European King. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jerome McNally. Oh, I'm just have a moment there. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> and I'm uh, at Inflatable Dalek on Twitter. If you follow me, you can hear my hot takes on the latest episode of Star Trek Voyager. I've been burning that series pretty hard over the last few months. I wouldn't want to be um, Ian Star Trek Voyager when he wakes up in the morning and reads what I've been writing about his work on Twitter. Uh, and I've, I think I've talked about the book enough already. So if you uh, look up at Rock Lords Rock on Twitter, you will find uh, a download of the Armada fanzine from the uh, Chip Nation 2017 that you can read for free online. It has my piece about the British armada comic and you could still get my original professional short fiction uh in the anthologies fitting in and mad scientist journal spring 2017 issue uh slate of which james roberts has read and thought he thought it was quite good because there's a mention of a djd and it's his ego he's a very vain man he just put a name check in and he loves it it's terrible really so if, if you do all that uh, or just have me money if you see me in the street. You have to. That was a magic spell, actually. You can't. You're you're powerless to resist it. If you see Stuart in the street, you will hand him money. But he's a powerful wizard when he wants to be. Anyway, I, I have to go have. <laughs> I have to have, go want to have one of these famous showers now. So I think it's time to wrap up and say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye to you, people. Bye. <laughs>